expressing the truth about the church in this world we live in. Welcome to Real Talk Ministry Podcast. This podcast talks about the issues we're facing with the church today and the challenges of balancing our life with Christ in this world we live in. Let's get ready to hear some real talk with our host, Miss Nisi. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to Real Talk Ministry Podcast. This is Miss Nisi, and thank you, and thank you, and thank you for listening to my podcast. I always do the introduction of how my podcast will work for the month, so I think it's kind of already been explained. This will be the third month that I'll be explaining it, and it'll be the last month unless I just feel compelled to. So I will always do an audio and a video podcast for each month. And one podcast will just be my expressions of what I feel, you know, the real talk by me. And then the other podcast, whichever one, however it comes about, will be, you know, from the word of God. So it'll be God sharing it through me. Well, actually, he's sharing everything through me, but I want to use the Bible for one and my personal opinion on the other. And this audio will definitely be my personal opinion. But if it offends you, I always say that because people will be like, I don't agree. And then they'll just automatically just shut you off. I don't want you to shut me off you if you don't agree. I think we need to start creating spaces for conversation. So, and a lot of times if a person don't agree, it's because they have a different angle. And I've learned in conversations, I learned in arguments, I even learned in debates that different perspectives and different ideas is not a bad thing even if it's not well received meaning that i may not agree with you you may not agree with me doesn't mean that you know we have to part ways so if you hear something that offend you please just send me a message at realtalkministry20 at gmail.com so let's get into this podcast this podcast is going to be talking about being anointed through the eyes of people i know when we think about being anointed most of the times the anointing comes from someone singing this song and oh they just made you feel so good when they sung it or someone preached a word and it touched you and it made you dance or someone um, spoke a word or prophesied to someone and we just the church is so used to calling people anointed that are not really anointed they're not anointed and I'm not taking away no one's anointing and what they're called to do and who they are but there, there's a lot of people who are just gifted or they're just touched for that moment. Um, sometimes the being anointed by peers can be very discouraging if you know you're really not in that place the Lord is calling you to be. So I want to address that today, but I want to just give a few moments and I'll be right back. I wanted to address some of those issues today. So my topic is called being anointed through the eyes of people. First, accepting God's gifts and anointings, you know, an anointing, you know, sometimes we will say we are anointed in something because we saw someone else do it. And we'll see somebody say, oh, because they did it this way, that makes them anointed. So if they do it that way, then I do it the same way in the church. I'm anointed too. I think people use that word anointing and anointed very, very, very loosely in the church of God. Like where we go to serve the Lord, it's like anything that touches us and causes us to feel 
great in the spirit, we automatically slap the word anointing on it. And that's not so. That's not how the anointing works. I think the anointing comes by fasting and praying. It comes to God just laying his hands on you, giving you the anointing through him and how he is orchestrating your life. I don't even think you have to necessarily call yourself to be anointed just because you're doing something for Christ and it touches somebody. So some of the steps that people feel are taken in order to be anointed by God is, well, first you have to have the Holy Ghost. That's first and foremost. But after you get the Holy Ghost, some some churches feel like you have to go through certain orders of levels of uh, ministry before you could be considered anointed. Whether it means you have to start off uh, being an usher, then a deacon, then a minister, then a preacher, if you're being led that way. Um, if you're a singer, then it's your job to make sure that the crowd or the congregation dance every week or they worship every week or they feel the anointing and the call of God because, you know, uh, the praise team seems to be the ones who's supposed to generate the feelings of the people. And if the people are just being in situations where they don't want to praise, it's almost like it's their fault. They didn't have the anointing of God to usher in the praise when it's actually the congregation job to usher in their own praise. But that's how the anointing flows. Sometimes that it's considered an anointing to flow sometimes in the church. And all these things are misleading and misrepresentation of Christ, honestly, of saying what is really anointed and what is not anointed under the covering of God. So what do we need to do as members of the congregation, as saints in the church, as leaders in the church, in order to establish what is really anointed and what is not? Maybe not use that word so loosely and just throw it on everybody that you feel just has such a deep and emotional type word that hit your spirit. I've seen people who were preach and they will run and they will holler and you will feel every word they said. And they will say that person was anointed. They was under the call of God. God has their hand on their lives. And then I'll listen to Joel Osteen or uh, Frederick Price, may he rest in peace. One of these peach preachers who are not running around, not scream to the top of their lungs, say the same thing. And for some reason, they're not anointed in the eyes of many. Anointing ain't, to have the anointing of God doesn't mean that you can shout and sing at the same time while you're preaching. That's not the anointing of God. The anointing of God isn't someone who can just holler real loud over the microphone and say, Amen, hallelujah, clap your hands. So you clap your hands and you got in the spirit. That doesn't mean that person is anointed. They just encouraged you to see God and feel God in a way you wasn't doing at the moment. So in order to know if you're really anointed, maybe it's best just to not focus on that. Maybe it's not for you to feel that you have to be anointed to complete a task that the Lord has called you to do. Now, I'm not saying there are not people who are under his anointing. I'm not saying that there are not people who has the gift of God that can help people and help deliver people and help people see Christ and get saved and be free. I'm not taking away the title from the people who truly deserves it and who is living under that umbrella. I'm just saying that too often we put 
pressure on people to live up to a lifestyle that they're really not living up to, just be not able to live up to, hasn't been called to, haven't been in a position in their mind to really be doing what people think they should be doing because they gave a fiery testimony. You know how services work. Sometimes you can go into a service and everybody's on one accord. Everybody feels good. Everybody feels spirit. Everybody feels like jumping. Everybody got a testimony. And then there are times you can go into a service and that person could be singing their heart out, crying out to the Lord on their knees, telling y'all to come on, come on, get with the service, preaching hard, sweating hard, wiping their mouths with the towel, drinking the water because they trying to usher in and nobody moves. And then they will say service um, was dead. To really be under the umbrella of an anointing to me, it doesn't take one person to have the spirit of Christ in order to fulfill that role just so you could feel good or feel his spirit in the service. If we're going to say someone is anointed in that way, then it should be an anointing from everyone in the congregation who has the Holy Ghost and who is claiming God's spirit. So therefore, if I have the spirit of Christ, you have the spirit of Christ, and then there's 20 other people sitting in the service and they have the spirit of Christ, then it shouldn't take it shouldn't take that preacher or a praise team or even the drum player or the guitar player or the keyboardist to hit that note or to say those words or to hit that right tone for them to be so anointed that they preach your heart to move for Christ. Their anointing is may not the gifts may not be the same, but how the spirit of the Lord moves in you, it may not even come to you the same, but it's still Jesus Christ. He is still the spirit. The Holy Ghost is still the Holy Ghost. So if 20 people in the church have the Holy Ghost and everybody is saying one person is anointed because they had the word to change lives. If you're living by that same spirit that God gave him, where's your anointing? You can't do that. You should be able to do that too. Then it's not two people anointed in the church to make sure church be church that week. If everybody participates with the spirit that is within them, then everybody will be participating and doing it to the glory of God and not putting it all on one person who will feel like two ways. This is too much. This is not what I wanted. So I'm going to have to back up and, 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 and step back and not maybe go to the fullness of Christ like I wanted to because this is just all moving too fast. Or it's going to allow someone to think, that they're really anointed and they're really not ready in the spirit to be anointed on the call that's been pushed on them. And then they become big headed thinking they actually doing what the word of the think they actually doing what an anointed person should be doing. And what they're doing is not necessarily under the anointing. It's just under the visual of seeing someone else doing it. Then that person becomes a copycat instead of a man or a woman of God. And it's not their fault that this always, they all, that a person can fall under this umbrella negatively. I blame the congregation and the people who rely on others to entertain them to the point that they feel that someone has to step up and move the service and be the person to say, I did this. I caused them to dance. 
I had to usher in the service because it was dead. I blame the congregation or whoever is in position who caused them to feel that this is how it's supposed to be done. One person should not be so anointed in the congregation that it means that your anointing is irrelevant because you're sitting in the pew and you're not up front and you're not saying anything to cause anything to move or anybody to move. Being anointed by your peers doesn't mean you are in the eyes of the Lord. Just because someone come up to you and say, you sung that song, girl, you was anointed singing that song. That doesn't validate that you are actually anointed according to Christ, the word of God and the spirit that he's putting in you. That does not mean that now you have this gift to where you can start ministering and laying hands and prophesying and telling people, thus said the Lord. And I'm not just saying if someone said that about you singing, it's just so often in church, people could sing. It's so many people who have great singing gifts and talents. And then there are so many who are truly anointed, but everybody who hits a run or who can go real, real, real cute and fancy and be like, "Woo, that was something they don't, that doesn't mean they're anointed. It just means that they hit a good run. They got a good voice and whoo, they were something, but that doesn't equate to being anointed of Christ. We have those same people who can hit a run, can turn around and then sing for the world. And those people, if you knew they were doing that, all of a sudden you would say they were not anointed. My thing is, if you thought they were anointed when they were singing gospel and they sound so good, what changed? The anointing don't change. The atmosphere may have changed, but that spirit in them didn't change. That spirit that they were singing and making you jump in church, it's the same body and the same person who was in the club making them dance. That's why I say you have to be careful not to un- put the stamp of approval of an anointing on someone just because they sound good or just because they preach a good word or just because they were able to dance real fancy or just because they play the day over the music of ministry or the music, the minister of music or minister of the praise team, the minister of the usher boards. Those things are needed in the church. Those things can have an anointing. Those things can have a gift. Those things can come by talent. Those things can come by just volunteering. Just because you want to put your hands to do something in the church. It, these things are not necessarily called by God. Some people who can sing are not called by God. They just have, they can just really sing. And then there's some people who can't sing and you will hear the anointing in their voice cracking and all. So you have to be careful that you do not allow people who see you and feel your, feel you for that moment, put you in a position that God has not put you in. You can't allow people to put you in a position to have you think because I hit a good run. I hit a good, um, amen. I got a good amen. I did a fancy shout or dance or I screamed hallelujah and someone felt it that now that person is anointed. I think we ought to be very, very careful of how we put gifts on people or how we tell people how gifted they are. And I know gifts are, seems like they're the most easiest thing you could put on somebody, you know? You know, oh, you got the gift of singing. You got the gift of uh, testifying. You got the gift of uh, 
dancing because you can really dance. You know, those same gifts is no different than the gifts of the world. You got people who could talk good, who could sing good, who could dance good too. And this is not no judgment on anybody in their personal lives because it's not for anyone to look at your personal life and say you're anointed. But you yourself have to be careful to walk in the calling that God has placed on your life so you will know what you walk into and not have someone handhold you into something you're not ready for. Because when they let go of your hand and you have to walk alone, you don't know what ta- what attacks you will have to face. You don't know what fights and battles that you may not be ready for because you want to stand and look like somebody who is really called of God. And you don't have to be anointed instead to be anointed to be called of God. You can have the Holy Ghost. You can pray. You can fast. You don't have to have a title at all. You don't have to be Bishop so-and-so or a minister so-and-so. Or you don't have to be in charge of a department or auxiliary or a ministry to have the anointing. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, accepting Christ in your life. That is where you can begin to receive the anointing. What is the anointing? It's more than just laying hands on you with the um, oil. It's more than that. It's more than someone saying that um, I see the gifts in you. Because someone can see the gifts in you. Someone can see the anointing on you. If they're a call of God and can prophesy that or see that on your life. But it's not until you accept it and you start listening to Christ to know how to move forward in that walk that he is calling you to. That's another thing. We have to be careful on how we speak things into people. I think sometimes in the church, we speak things on people's lives and we expect them to just run with it. And everything you have to do, you have to be taught how to handle that. Uh, I wasn't always taught how to use my gifts. That's nobody's fault. I'm not blaming the church I went to or nothing like that. But I wasn't always taught by the churches I did attend how to use my gifts. I can have someone prophesy and say, you're going to be this and God going to use you this way. But I wished that people will actually take the time to not just get so excited like I have in the past and will still do if I hear a good word from the Lord I'm not gonna lie and say I'm not gonna be excited about it if it hits my spirit and I agree with it but at the same time it's like sometimes we get so excited of what it is that is being said that God gonna do for us we sit back and we wait thinking it's just gonna come to us I wish there was a uh, prophetic sessions if you want to call it that, uh, prophetic sessions, sessions that actually say, okay, yes, I know in church in front of all the people, I said that the Lord was going to call you to be a great preacher, but let me hand this over to you. Let me give you some tools. Let me give you some things that I want to share with you that help me fulfill the promises or the gifts or the prophecy that God said that was going to happen to me. Or maybe at that time, that person or that pastor or those leaderships come together and be like, hey, this man we invited to our church, they had a word from God and they said it to one of our members. Um, 
Maybe we need to speak with them, talk with them, but just keep the door open so they can come to us and say, I need help in this area, or I need help with what this prophecy said to me or what it means to me. I think the church has become so conformed to if the prophet said, then God said, then it is, you should run with it, that they don't understand that it is more than that. Just like we had to learn God, just like we had to learn that the Holy Ghost comes with struggles, more struggles than you probably have if you didn't have the Holy Ghost. And that deliverance is not overnight. You just can't say I've been delivered and then everything goes away. It is possible. God can do anything, but that's not necessarily how it happens. And everything you have to learn and there's a lesson and you have to be taught and understand what it is that you're really going through and understand how God really wants to work with you. Whether it's just you and God and you are comfortable and you have a clear understanding of what it is that he wants for your life. But there are a lot of people out there who sometimes get tricked. You know, when I say trick, it's like it's hard to hear the word of the Lord. They're not really uh, good with discernment. They're not really understanding how the spirit works necessarily because all all of this is new to them. So if you feel like you are being called to anything you should be able to reach out to your leaders or the pastors or someone in the church that you really, really trust spiritually to say, Hey, I feel like this is a call on my life and I might need you for assistance or I might need your help in directing me or helping me with the directions that the Lord is telling me, helping me to understand this is new and I don't want to mess up. I do trust God. I do believe in him. I do try to hear his voice, but sometimes things get cloudy. This, And sometimes I need to be sure that I have the confidence and the faith in knowing he's going to do this for me, but vocalizing and saying it out loud what he's doing. I trust you to be that person to be a covering to me while I'm going through this. A covering of someone like that, I will feel like a sister or a brother in the church. And I say a sister and a brother because a lot of churches feel like if there's no title, then there's no honor and what you should be doing. There are churches who will feel like, and that it's when I say churches, that feels like, I'm going to break this down and say this slowly. I'm not saying that there should not be any order or structure in the church. I believe in order and structure. But I also feel that who you appointed and who you feel you have anointed in your church does not mean that they are the only anointed and appointed in the church. A lot of the lay members who may be sitting back in their pew saying nothing can probably discern better love better show kindness and appreciation better and even show that they don't have to have a title to know their what they're doing for god and how they need to do it that's why i say if you could find a brother or sister in the church because when we say brother and sister congregation lay members it's almost like saying we're the people up here who was high in christ and y'all the other people just filling the pews and trying to make the seats look good. I'm telling you, I have experienced and witnessed it for myself and it is nothing against no one, but that very person that you think is sitting in the congregation in the back quiet can probably preach heaven down into the sanctuary because they get ignored. They get overlooked because they're not chasing or not trying to put themselves in front of the crowd even though the lord may be pushing them to and they need to be they're just humble enough not to go that route so if you have structure and order in the church and you have leadership that you want and the way you want it to be done 
that's fine. You can go to those people too. But a lot of the things that we do in church, it needs to be looked at differently. I don't think every prophecy needs a counseling session. So I'm not saying that. But it is important that you teach the people that God has put under your leadership and those who are under leadership that they trust, that you go to your leaders and make sure you are following the path of God. Don't try to do it by yourself if you don't have to. People need people to talk to. People need people to vent to, air out, tell what's going on. I know we've been taught you could take everything to the Lord. You can't share everything, and that's true. But there is somebody in your life that you can say, hey, I had this dream last night or I got attacked last night by the spirit. Like something came over me that wasn't right and it wasn't of God and it's messing with me. Can we pray? Can we fast? Can we have a conversation about this? Do you have any scriptures that can help me? To me, those are the anointed people of God because they're not trying to find a loophole to be in the anointed superstar in the church they are just using their gifts they are using their holy spirit they are using who they are in their connection with christ and i'm not saying just gifts but the anointing too under this situation to me they are using every tool that is given to them by christ to help somebody and not necessarily help somebody just because someone can stand up in the church and say Oh, you're anointed woman of God. And then everybody wants to feel like they have to flock to you because you're anointed or someone says you're anointed. People are going to be people. Your walk with Christ needs to be your walk with Christ. If someone comes to you and says, Oh, that was anointed. You really touched me. It's easy to say, amen, thank you. But within your heart, you have to go and make sure you check yourself that you don't get caught up in the words of people and the peers around you thinking because you are so anointed because you sing for Christ and you know within yourself that you are not in that anointed place in Christ to be able to say that I need to be called an anointed woman of God. You could be a woman of God. You could be a sister of God, but be careful how people title you. You could be a man of God. You could be an anointed man of God. You could be an anointed brother. You could be an anointed sister. You could be an anointed drum player. But at the end of the day, be careful how people put titles on you that you know yourself, you are not ready to bear the, uh, the trials and tribulations that may come from it. So being anointed by your peers doesn't mean you are in the eyes of the Lord. Make sure you take the proper steps. If you are feeling that you are anointed and you are called, make sure you are taking the proper steps to make sure it is not just something being said to you. So now it's been said so much that you think it applies to your life, but you start aligning it with God. Don't feel bad if you are in a position where everybody just love your singing or your teaching and your preaching so much that they're saying you're anointed. It don't feel bad if you really know you're not because I'd rather a person accept that they're not ready for the call of the anointing that God is putting on their life and try to get ready than to be somewhere that they are not ready to be in Christ and accept God, accept God's gifts and anointing on your life. Being anointed through the eyes of people and people seeing something special on your life. It's nothing wrong with that. And, but some people, they run from it, you know, it sounds funny because you hear a lot of people all the time who 
get accused. I don't want to make it seem like everybody who has his anointing are just chasing clout. But they'll get accused of that. They'll feel like, oh, okay, well, because I'm up here and I'm the only person they think can usher in the spirit, then they think I'm the only one who's anointed to do this. They may not feel like that's what they want to do all the time. They may have other gifts, other things that they feel that God is anointing them to do or calling on their lives to do. But don't be afraid to accept anointing by God. Just be careful to make sure it's not being accepted just because someone feels that way about how you are in Christ or with God. It's just like the Holy Ghost. Just because someone feels that you are walking up right and they can see you talking right, that doesn't mean that you have the Holy Ghost. And don't claim it if you don't have it. And I say this because when you get the Holy Ghost, there are pow- the power that comes behind it, the connections you have, the strength you will receive. It will surpass all the things that you've done before the Holy Ghost came. But if you claim it and don't have it, you'll always be wondering why you're failing, why there's no connection, why am I not with Christ the way I need to be with Christ? Where's my power? Why I keep getting mad? Why I keep slipping? Why I can't fully understand um, what my true deliverance is, what my calling is, what I'm supposed to do. Because without the Holy Spirit, there's no leading and no guiding and there's no directions for you. So you have to be anointed of God, knowing yourself that you are anointed. You have to be called to God, knowing within yourself that you are called, even in your gifts, even in the fact that you just sing it to be singing Whatever you're doing for the Lord, you never know how it may turn into something greater than what you think it is for right now. Just prepare yourself, constantly gear yourself, constantly ask God, constantly um, move in the leadership that he is calling you in. Good words, great singing, a great dance, a great song, a great keyboard player, all those things, a great bishop, a great minister. It doesn't matter what role you play in the church. At the end of the day, it's the Holy Ghost that's going to save you and, and it's going to rapture you up when Christ returns. At the end of the day, you're carrying the spirit of Christ that is supposed to help you make it through this earth and be able to say, I stand on your word, did what you wanted me to do, regardless of a person title, regardless of who said what, how they said it in the way they said it, how they testified in the way they testified. At the end of the day, it is the spirit that is within you that is going to rise you up during the day of resurrection. And it's more important to make sure you're aligned with God than aligned with people who wants to put you in a position that you're either ready for or not ready for. It does not matter. Align yourself with God because the position that he is going to use you in may not even be the position you're in right now. You may think God is calling you to preach and he's really just calling you to be the usher at the door and I say stuff like this because church can sometimes build up the self-esteem which is nothing wrong with self-esteem you see I'm saying a lot of things ain't wrong I'm not trying to say everything is wrong but it can build up that self-esteem to make you feel like you're great in this position don't move to the other position you may not be good at speaking but you're great at singing and the speaking is what God is probably calling you to do instead of the singing. 
but the singing is just holding the place until he fully develops you into the area of speaking. But if you let people call on you to be uh, a singer instead of a speaker, you'll never get to the place where you need to be in Christ because you letting people call you to where the position you are supposed to be anointed at for them and not the position where God wants to lead you to be for the people through him. So be very careful. Don't look at titles and peoples and situations as accolades to say, yes, this is where I'm at in Christ, unless that's where you really are. Look at the spirit that you are carrying. Know within yourself the true self of your life and what you're doing and how you live in your life and continue to work and pray and ask God to bring you to the fulfillment of where he wants you to be. But do not play with God. Do not play with God because you don't want to look like you not really what you're supposed to be in Christ through the eyes of people. Don't be misleading to yourself trying to impress those who don't know no better, don't know nothing about you. Be encouraged. These gifts and callings of God, it's a beautiful thing to have. It's nothing wrong with it. But you don't have to be anointed to have these gifts and callings of God. It will come. It will come and you will be in the, the truth about it while I'm stuttering. Sorry for that. <laughs> but the truth about it is once your anointing do come, all the accolades and stuff going out the door. Like a lot of people who uh, ain't going to look at you like you like they did before they put you in that position. People ain't going to necessarily going to be rocking with you and feeling like you really bringing the word. Because a lot of times when the word comes, it comes with rebuke and correction. And nobody want to hear that when they only want to feel good about what you're saying in your words. That's supposed to make me dance and jump and run around because that means I'm going to get gold and wealth and I'm going to have houses and land. People don't want to hear that. No, those houses and land are not coming until you do this, until you stop this, until you leave this, until you drop this. So be careful of people putting you in positions you know you're not ready for. And when you are ready for it, you'll be able to walk in that calling gift. You'll be able to walk in your true anointing, knowing what it is that Christ is wanting to do for you, through you, and not what others think their expectations of you should be for them. God bless you. And once again, thank you for listening to my podcast, realtalkministry20 at gmail.com. Feel free to email me with any comments or concerns or questions you may have, whether it's you did a great job, whether it's, oh, I don't really agree with you, or it's like, can I add my two cents to that? I would love to hear from you. You can visit me at Real Talk Ministry. I am currently this month honoring women for women's history month so in the next video podcast you will hear all the nominations of the women who were nominated and selected this month thank you again i'm miss nixie god bless I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to share and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can receive notifications when a new episode is posted. You can also stop by Miss Nisi's website, www.realtalkministry.com. There you can purchase her books, leave a comment, and stay connected with this ministry. Until next time, God bless.